Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, and the heart and soul of professional wrestling, Tommy Dreamer and I talk about, hey, you know what? There's been a lot of negative when it comes to pro wrestling in 2020, but Tommy Dreamer's got a solution. What he's going to do on today's show, he's going to turn a negative into a positive. Also, from AEW Dynamite, talking about something positive in the world of wrestling, Scorpio Sky joins us right now on the Busted Open Podcast. But you know what? You said something that's going to be a theme for today's show, and I think we need it. And Absolutely. that is turning a negative into the positive. We are in the holiday season, Tommy, and this is the perfect time for it. Listen, Bully yesterday, and we ch- we kind of changed up our show yesterday, Tommy, if you got to listen to it, because Bully and I were like, listen, Raw has not been good lately. It really hasn't. And, and even the most diehard WWE loyalists would have to say that Raw's lately have been disappointing. The ratings showed it. I mean, the ratings were awful for this past Monday's Monday Night Raw. A go-home show for a pay-per-view, and that's not exactly what you want, what you want to see. As a matter of fact, AEW in that key 18 to 49 demographic actually beat Monday Night Raw. I mean, that's that's crazy. It's 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 crazy to wrap your mind around that, Tommy. That a show that's been around for over 25 years and is, you would agree, is the flagship show for professional wrestling in that key 18 to 49 demographic. There's another wrestling show that does better in AEW Dynamite that's been around for 14 months. When you think about it, it's insane. But to me, that's a positive because it shows you that the world outside the WWE is growing right now, Tommy. It also, it's insane because WWE, even though Monday has Monday Night Football, runs unopposed to a wrestling program. And on Wednesdays, their direct time uh, slot is opposite another very good wrestling show and how many people are watching it and and all those key demos. You know, this stuff, uh, I pay no, never have paid any attention to it just for the simple fact of if it's a quality show, I know people will watch it. You look at, uh, for me, I was a big fan of the TV show Lucifer, and it was a very, very good show. Fox decided to dump it. Guess what? Netflix turned that negative into a positive. I'm watching, because of this show, the Home Alone documentary, and awesome. And the fact that that show got, uh, I think it was... Warner Brothers that dropped it because it went over budget and then they tried drop. He said, hey, you got to cut this by this much. And then Fox went and picked it up. 
and produced it. And that movie was it's home alone. At the time, there was only two other movies that made that much money and it's made over a billion dollars since, but it's just the, it's the proverbial someone didn't believe in it, but then someone else did. And that is turning a negative into a positive. And that's why we love home alone and all this other stuff. But it's a good topic for the day because yesterday and was, you know, hey, for us here in the East Coast, we got this pending blizzard coming on. Oh, by the way, we're in a pandemic. There's a lot of negative going on. Last night, I we all had a good time. And yeah. we're all very, very close on this show, but we're also very, very close with the nation. And we all like had a fun two hours. And that's what I always say, like for what wrestling is, people want to rip stuff up. People want to be very, very negative, but it's all about entertaining you. So trying to turn negatives into positives today is what I'm all about. I'm like Santa Claus minus the gigantic belly, unless Santa Claus had a big ass and love handles. And um, I don't have a beard. I have a goatee, but that's what I'll be today. I will turn everything negative into a positive. You tell me something and I will try to turn it the best way possible. Hey everyone, this is Lisa Ann and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. Obviously, Kenny Omega has a plan in mind, and that means Rich Swan is next because it's nothing personal. It's because he's holding that Impact World Championship. And Impact, this past, uh, you know, what we saw last night, this past week, man, Impact is firing on all cylinders. And that's two great shows in a row. And the reason I'm bringing up just those two shows, Tommy, is I have said on the air that pro wrestling's best kept secret has been Impact Wrestling. And I'm so glad that now people are starting to watch because of Kenny Omega. Absolutely. And it's putting new eyes on the product uh, across the board. Even Tony Khan on our virtual party said um, something. He was, you know, I was like, hey, man, apologize for what. Kenny Omega did. And he was just like, uh, what? Give me my highest ratings I've ever done. Uh, so <laughs> it was like, cool. That's how he wants to take it. Maybe I got to stop thinking like old school wrestler when at times, just because of my experiences when I've seen these things blow up. But yes, it is very, very, it's good for the business. And it's, you know, we've talked about it when it happened. Uh, how, when Bubba asked about how is it affecting stuff, and this was literally the next uh, right after it happened with uh, Kenny and Don and everything, and then it was it had an immediate uh, ripple effect because right away then WWE goes, oh, we're up, we're up to working with anybody, which has really never been the case, minus you know the the USWAs and all that stuff. That's so, saying something just for the sake of saying something, Tommy. I'm sorry, but that's... Well, they have to because he gets asked it. And you also, you can't... Well, listen, I watch... Um, oh, man. I love the show. Kiefer Sullivan, Netflix. He was the president. 
I'm still watching it. Anyway, designated survivors. And they have the press secretary and he'll say no comment. And then the press literally goes out and asks him another question. So the president has no opinion on this. And then if he says no comment, then they take the negative. Uh, and, and I do. I love it. I just love how they make a whole spin on the whole thing. And at times you have to do those things because you're getting asked a question. And I do think a lot of those press conferences uh, after takeovers, you do get very, very honest answers. And then you get somewhere they come completely off the, the cuff and you're like, hmm, let me think. And if that person is asking too many of those questions, as it used to be, they wouldn't answer those questions. So the business has evolved that way. Anyway, um, it, it's, I forgot where I was going with this. It's just an interesting time. I lost my train of thought. Sorry. I couldn't get out of my Netflix thing. Where are we talking about? Where am I? Who's over here? Ring the bell. <laughs> well, I, well, we're seeing though on impact and you mentioned oh, Tony yes. Khan and Tony Khan saying, Hey man, you know what? Like, all right. Did they get one over on me? Yeah. But we had the highest ratings that we've had since our debut episode back in you know, October of 2019. So I'm not going to cry over anything. And, and now if you're a viewer of Impact, Hard to Kill is coming up, and now you're getting to get, you know, the Bullet Club or the old school Bullet Club. You're going to get, you know, Omega, Gallows, and Anderson against Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns, which is going to be amazing. And now they're telling a story with Omega and Swan. One of the negatives that I want to spin into a positive is not so much what we saw on Tuesday. It's what we saw on Saturday with Final Resolution, and that is... Chris Bay and Rich Swan. You said on our air on Friday, Tommy, that you thought that that match could be the match of the year. And I heard you say that, and a lot of fans heard you say that, and said, all right, well, that's Tommy, you know. You know, he's kind of supporting impact. You know, that can't possibly be. I watched that match, Tommy, and without a doubt for me, that was the best match that I've seen during this pandemic. And... You know, and I don't know, Tommy, if I would have appreciated it as much as I did if it wasn't for the pandemic. And this is really turning a negative into a positive. I watched that match and I'm like, how are they able to do what they're doing without feeding off the energy from a crowd? Because there was absolutely no crowd. There's not even like what we see at Daly's Place with a thousand fans or even at the Thunderdome. There's no fan presence at all for impact wrestling. I'm just like, how are they feeding? How are they doing this? And then the other thing too, is during this pandemic, like not only just for the fans, but you would think there would be a little bit of a, a cloud above what's going on. Like just the communication in a match, Tommy, you know, and, and I've never been in a ring, but you know, you do have to have some kind of communication going on in the ring. You can't do that. That's so difficult to do. I would think Tommy, because there's no crowd to mask any kind of verbal. Impact does a great job of miking that ring. Where you hear every moan and groan that's happening inside that squared circle. So they can't communicate in the way that they probably normally could. To put off that kind of match under those circumstances, just just amazing. And that's really turning a negative into a positive. Absolutely. That show alone I thought was very, very solid. And I, Dave, don't, I don't promote uh, things if I don't believe in them. I don't care 
if impact was putting on pure crap, I just wouldn't talk about them. I will not say something because I work. If I worked for, I dude, I worked for the WWE and wrote a column on WWE.com when the big show won the ECW title. And I got in a little bit of trouble for it. Cause that's my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. You could disagree with it, but when companies, they don't want you to disagree with stuff because they want you to kind of just toe the line. That will never be the case for me. I enjoyed my match with Larry D uh, very much. So I thought it was fun and entertaining. Was it going to be match of the year? Absolutely not. Was it uh, the stipulations are totally absurd. The judicial system in impact wrestling. Yes, it is not correct, but it was entertaining and had more people talking about it. And, you know, we talk about turning negatives into positives i had more people coming at me saying so a match is for another guy goes to jail um this is why impact will always be impact and i'm just like yeah number one it worked for big boss man and the mountie and no one seemed to care uh when you did a wedding and someone got shot at the wedding though you never saw that he actually got shot you heard a noise we assume that he got shot but it was in the total dark Oh, man, how horrible that they do this. Blah, blah, blah. Then I go back. We'll all talk about the Randy Savage Elizabeth wedding main evented SummerSlam yep. had people crying. And then the party after had a, a Cobra coming out of the wedding gift and everyone was freaking out. And then the end result was a real Cobra bit Randy Savage on a Saturday night. And everyone's like, oh, that was the greatest. That was the scariest thing. So. If that was around today, would you talk about, well, they went to a wedding and how did they not check that there was a live Cobra in the thing? People, this is just entertainment and we're trying to entertain. It also puts every player on the field having meaning and purpose. And if you listen to a lot of the wrestlers that have left WWE or have left uh, their current place of employment, it's like they felt like they did not matter or they did not have a say or they had no creativity about for them. That sucks when you go to work. That sucks when you're, you're doing this and you're bumping and you're feeling because at times it's just like, hey, we're paying you, go out there and do what you have to do. But to have no feeling towards what you do or have no passion for what you're doing, especially during these times when there's no fans or anything, it has to be different. Uh, I know in impact wrestling, they encourage wrestlers to talk, to send in creative stuff because then there'll be times I've straight up said, have said, Hey man, they don't have much for you. Start thinking, you know, how many wrestlers have not submitted stuff. And then it's like, okay, I understand. But if like you run out of creative ideas, for this person, then they're going to sit on the, or they're just going to be, all right, well, let's just fill in, let's just fill in some boxes. Sunday night heat used to literally be booked. Who's not wrestling on raw. That was it. Let's just put them on and together have matches. You can't do that for how we do things, uh, especially today. And, And for people who were critical, I had no clue how that match was made last night uh, with Kenny and heart, the hard to kill hard to kill graphic. I knew nothing about that until I watched it. 
Because like I said, I never, I knew nothing. And I thought this was amazing. And more people should watch it. The Cody Diener, Eric Young, awesome. that prison stuff. And then cool. him being baptized in that slow motion with the water coming over his face where he looked like Jesus Christ. I had no clue of that until I watched it on television because those are packages that are inserted. And I don't get that. And even with these things, I'm like, you know, when talking with, with Don and Scott, they're the heads of creative. They're the only ones who know what's going on. Same on Tony Khan's side. Dude, they will tell you what, when I was in WWE, I was the, I was the match right after, uh, I'm sorry, I was the match before. It was me and Stevie Richards at the Meadowlands. You were there, Dave. We had a Singapore cane match. Yep. Who walks out? Nobody knew it was Eric Bischoff. Not one person knew it from any wrestler. Every wrestler, I'm literally bloody as can be, and I pass Eric in the hall, and I'm like, what? Every single person, there was people leaving because they were get, they wanted to beat the traffic. They stopped him like, what the hell? That stuff happens across the board and has always happened. I even said to Bully, like, because he's asking these questions. I was like, dude, did you tell me that you were at the Royal Rumble? No. You told me after. I got a text earlier. Your boy is here. And I was like, I didn't even know who they were talking about. I didn't even respond because I don't care. But that is common and key in professional wrestling to keep things, as we say, close to the vest. Hey, look at our own show. Dave. You're a uh, top dog on this show. Did you know about all the guests that were coming in uh, for our virtual party? What day nope. did you find out about them? Found <laughs> about it just before the show. There you go. So uh, you, I, we're not coming on here to lie to the fans. We're coming out there to have open and honest conversations with the wrestling fans. These are things that happen in wrestling. Uh, turning negatives into positives. Am, am I going to be angry that, the, hey, you didn't tell me that this is going to be this main event? No, because now that I know, now we can focus on having better stuff go on for television. And yes, for the players that you do know about and the players that you do have a game plan for, cool. They're going to go wrong the same way. The wrestlers are speculate. Just like when trades happen, dude, there's so many things in history when stuff like that goes down. Uh, when guys get traded, when guys get sent to the minors, guys get called up. It, it's throughout sports, it's always been different. So it's it's a fun time. It's a great time. And yes, we're in a pandemic. But like you said, I watched that show again after watching it before. And I saw Carl Anderson versus Ethan Page off the friggin' charts. Yep. Then Rosemary versus Deanna Perrazzo. Great the match. When when they came to the back, I remember, uh, and Deanna was just like, you know, and here's another person who was just pretty much thrown to the garbage, Deanna Perrazzo. And she's beyond talented. And it was like, I was the first time we ever wrestled in a singles. And I was like, what? Now, could you imagine? Wow. I know I have that in my back pocket of those two women going at it. And then you have that main event. That was 35 minutes long with Rich Swan and, and Chris Bay. That's next level for Chris Bay, where now it's like Chris Bay could be a main eventer. <clears throat> if you saw it, cool. If you didn't see it, then you missed out because you saw some, some great wrestling. And the one thing, and, and I talk about this all the time, the one thing I'd like to see more of on uh, Impact, 
I would have liked to seen more. And I think WWE does a great job of this reminding you what happened at the pay-per-view. So the storylines can continue because there's not a lot of people that can, that purchase it or have the network or have the time for it. But if you watch on television, at least you could somewhat see, all right, well, this happened the other day. That's something that I would like to do to remind people of the greatness that ha- was Chris Bay that night and Rich Swan. But everyone know Rich Swan was that. And now Chris Bay, who's 24 years old, that guy, he can write his own ticket. And hopefully he will. Hi, this is Adam Shine. The Adam Shine Podcast is back for another football season. I'll give you my passionate, hard-hitting takes every week, including picks against the spread and fantasy football advice, all while talking to the biggest guests in all the sports, celebrities, media personalities, diehard football fans on a weekly basis. It's the Adam Shine Podcast with new episodes dropping on Tuesdays. You can listen to the podcast anytime with the SiriusXM app, iTunes, Pandora, and with Stitcher. Because you talked about solutions. You talked about turning negatives into positives. And you talked about Monday Night Raw. So one thing that we know about Monday Night Raw, at least the myth is, is that it's controlled by a Vince McMahon. A lot of times you hear that the whole show is really for an audience of one, and that's Vince McMahon. With the ratings dropping as much as they have, and they have dropped, like, This past Monday may have been the worst ever. Actually, I think it was the worst ever. So when the ratings drop as much as they have, do you think like a Vince McMahon is finally going to say to himself, all right, I got to start listening to people. I got to start opening this up a little bit more because it actually is affecting the on-air product. I always say there's, you know, there's two sides to every story. If I'm let's say Jerry Jones, the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm saying my franchise is worth this much money. I'm making this much money on my television rights. I don't have fans in attendance, or maybe I do, but it's not as many as I can because of the current pandemic. But my bills are paid and my company's worth keeps going up every time I'm a publicly traded company. Every time we have a quarterlies, then it's like, why do I have to change? It would have to be an outside source coming in. If it would have to be, if this was Fox, hey, we paid you for these ratings. We need this type of um, numbers or else we're going to remove you and we're not going to pay you. I don't think that would happen with the USA Network. You need an outside force or you need somebody to basically say, hey, man, you need to make a change. It is hard to say I need to make a change when uh, it's not affecting your pocketbook. But if you're you're losing all these things, I watch Raw, and I watch Raw because everyone was all over it. There was nothing wrong with the actual wrestling. There really wasn't. The backstage stuff, there's very, very much wrong with it. And then I also say, okay, I want to garner people's attention. The opening segment really made everyone crap all over something that's already they've crapped about. Um, and having a sword fight in the beginning of Raw was not the best way to get people to draw your attention. It would be like on Monday Night Football if it's this big, big matchup and the team kicks the ball, the guy catches it, he gets hit, fumbles, and the team scores right away. And then 
on the next drive, the guy throws an interception and you're already down 14 nothing early on, maybe within three minutes into the game. I'm guaranteeing you I'm going to switch channels and maybe come back to that game in about 45 minutes because it's not intriguing. It's not what is going to hook me to stay for the show. Mm-hmm. The WWE has all the right players, and there's also times, I don't want to say wrestlers are stale, but some wrestlers are stale. And just because you switch them from one brand to the other doesn't mean that they're not stale because forever you told us that you're never going to see this cross promotion, but you have seen this cross promotion or you can't very few times are you going to be able to see, Hey, a first time we were pissed at ourselves in impact wrestling that we did not know that Rosemary versus Deanna Peraza was the first time they're ever facing each other in a singles because we would have promoted the hell out of that. You need to get me to be emotionally vested in something right away and then continue to keep me to watch it. You need to change up your formula. You need to literally, whatever you have on the, normally I always say you need to think long-term. Right now, you have to think short-term to get yourself to that long-term. If you know where you want to go for WrestleMania, great. But then it's like, oh my God, how am I supposed to know how to get there? And whatever I'm thinking, it's, The episode of Seinfeld where they told George, do the opposite of what you're thinking because you need to. You can have the great – I watched not this week, last week. I was like, man, the Giants are going to get crushed by the Seattle Seahawks at home. There's no way they're going to win. And with a backup quarterback, and they wound up winning. And it was – there was a lot of mistakes made. The Giants capitalized on it. And I was just like, wow, these Giants could be for real until this week. And then the Giants yeah. let me down because I watched them against Arizona. And I was like, this is why I, I, you love your team, but when you get emotionally invested into something and then they perform like they performed against the Cardinals, I'm like, ugh. Same with Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw now has this uh feeling to it. With Impact Wrestling, we'll switch it to when they did the switchover with TNA into Impact Wrestling. TNA had such a bad funk to it it had such a bad stigma to it what was the first thing that that the the new ownership regime don Callis, scott demore was to change the perception of impact they took a few hits they got rid of a few people uh you know bobby lashley was in the company bobby lashley was making a lot of money they couldn't afford with this to keep bobby lashley he had they had he was signed to a deal that wasn't really, really good for impact and the survival of impact. So what they do, hey, Bobby, you can go somewhere else if you want to. You have to do those things. They need to change that perception. They need to change the perception of what Monday nights used to be. And hey, you're running unopposed with no other wrestling show. Again, not a hard fix. When you have people on your roster like Randy Orton, like Bray Wyatt, like Drew McIntyre, like The Miz, like Morrison, like AJ Styles. You have so much good as well as the females. You have all this great mix of talent, but you just need to think differently. Do you want to see Randy Orton light Bray Wyatt on fire and then all of a sudden The Fiend comes out? Yes, I understand it. Was it, it got, 
it was critically panned when the undertaker i'm sorry when kane set shane mcmahon on fire or when someone put uh i think it was shane put uh a car charger to kane's testicles or vice versa these things are like eh, because people take wrestling way too literal and I'm coming from where we have an undead realm in Impact Wrestling, but people have accepted that part. Or we did a whole storyline, but we did it with like kind of tongue-in-cheek about wrestlers' court and a wrestler getting uh, a wrestler getting shot at his wedding. And if you think about the buildup to like that wedding, we had so many in-ring. I'm sorry, behind the scenes where people like, I don't like the way this is going. Like. We're telling you something is going to happen, which makes you want to tune in. And then the biggest possible thing could happen at a wedding that has every wedding in wrestling has always been destroyed. They just took it up a notch. Uh, so, and yes, they were acting like it was real. I, I'm sorry. Johnny Bravo was not really shot. He was not in the hospital. I even said it on a pre-tape. I wasn't a, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a cop. I'm not a judge, but I played one on TV. If you could get lost, like we, I was telling that listener that hasn't watched wrestling in six years, if you can accept the beauty of Orange Cassidy and enjoy it, it's awesome. Well, someone came at me on social media uh, about something and their profile was Sting. And I was just like, okay. Why did Sting hang out in the rafters for a year? Literally a year. And their response was, uh, well, he was deciding whether he was going to stay with WCW or NWO. And I was like, well, actually, they had nothing for him. So they just kept him up in the rafters for a year. If you went out and told us that, would you really want to see why we watched Sting? That person remembered it. But it literally was because they had nothing for Sting. And during that time, what, what did Sting become? One of the most popular wrestlers out there. When they had nothing for him, he didn't. Oh, there he is. That was it. Until it was time for when he finally repelled. Even like AEW, Sting shows up great. And we discussed this last week. Shows up. They're not, he's not going to do everything that he says. He's not going to. He's going to tease you. It's literally you're walking by books. Wow, that's a cool cover. The next week, you open up and you read the, the first page. Wow, I want to read more of this book. To like tonight, they advertise Sting will be here. They're not saying Sting is there to talk. They're saying Sting will be there. It's got me tuned in. Hey, everyone. This is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Scorpio Sky, who joins us right here on Busted Open. Sir, how are you this morning? I'm really good. Thanks for having me. Uh, I love your show, so it's a pleasure to be on here. Well, I have a lot of questions because you do have this podcast that's coming out, and I know you'll be talking about wrestling, but obviously you're going to be reaching out to more than just the world of pro wrestling. Oh, absolutely. Uh, this is is not a wrestling podcast. There, yeah. There's no actual 
uh, singular focus when it comes to this podcast. We're going to talk about whatever's interesting going on in the world at that time, whether it's a guy dressed like a rat on a subway in New York, or whether it's whatever's happening on AEW Dynamite or on 90 Day Fiance, whatever is interesting at that time, we're going to chop it up. So it's a pop culture type of uh, podcast. That's a, a much easier way of putting it. Thank you for that. No <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be using that going forward. No, actually, I call it a Scorpio Sky podcast because he's basically going to be talking about things that he sees and things that he likes. Now, again, I'm getting this from the Internet. So if I'm wrong, completely shoot me down. But I know on this podcast, you'll be talking about movies as well. Now, there's a certain movie franchise that's gotten me in a lot of trouble with AEW, mm-hmm. most notably Cody Rhodes. He's actually banned me from the show for two years, which is ridiculous. And that's about Star Wars. Now, from what I've heard and read, you're not so much not a fan of Star Wars. You just never have seen any of the movies. Is this correct? I have never seen a minute of a Star Wars movie. <laughs> and I'm sure James has. And that's one of the cool things is we're going to introduce certain things to each other. You know, I think one of the unique things going into this is that uh, at the beginning of the planning stages of this process, uh, uh, James and I were strangers. We didn't know each other. And I actually wanted to keep it that way. Like, obviously, I've had some conversations with him, but I didn't want to get too close to him. Because to my knowledge, I don't know of another radio show or a podcast that had two people that didn't know each other as the hosts. And I think that's going to be a unique, fun part of the show is the fans listening to us, getting to know each other, introducing us to, uh, or introducing each other to different uh, things that we're interested in. And we're going to become friends while everyone's listening. It's going to be a lot of fun. What if you become enemies with him? Yeah, true. It's possible. You know, if he, if he's not a Laker fan, then it's very possible. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is starting uh, January 18th, 2021, correct? That is correct. It's been a long time coming. We've been planning this for probably more than six months. A lot has gone into this, and uh, we're really excited to get to work. Now, this is interesting, Tommy, because he doesn't know his co-host, James, at all. Obviously, Tommy, you and I know each other well. We have almost the same. I mean, we, we were separated at birth for the most part. I Right. My mom was doing something I that probably didn't tell my dad about, and we are actually brothers. But it's interesting hearing from Scorpio Sky about a coast that he doesn't want to be close to and already is setting parameters. See, he's already talking about the Lakers. He's totally expecting that he's not going to be a Laker fan and that there's going to be fighting and arguing. That sometimes makes for good radio, Tommy, right? Absolutely, and that's you want different opinions because then your listeners will always formulate their own. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting because uh, the fact that we don't know each other, we don't know what buttons are going to trigger each other. You know, uh, it's going to be a really fun thing for people to listen to because we don't know where it's going to go and, and we are bound to disagree on certain things and that could lead to some moments. You never know, but other than that, I mean, I'm interested in things that he isn't. As I've said before, we're going to introduce, introduce each other to it. Uh, he's more into gaming than I am. I am a very, very rookie, uh, like, ignorant. Like, I, I only play one video game, and I never even played video games before the pandemic when I was just stuck at home. 
and he's deep into gaming and uh, comedy. And so myself, I'm into sneakers. I'm into clothing. I'm into, you know, certain things in pop culture. And so we're going to find our commonalities and then we're going to find where we're different and hopefully we can both grow from it. And the idea is for the fan base that we can hopefully grow, that will listen and uh, they will also grow with us. And the idea for me is to have a conversation. I don't want it to just be like us going down a format uh, and, and discussing certain topics. Like I want us to actually be sitting and chopping it up. My favorite podcasts are when two friends get together and you feel like you're in the room with them, having a drink and just having a conversation. And that's the, that's what we want to build. If we can make people feel like they're in the room with us, just talking and just chopping it up, then we've done our job. I like it. I'll be, what's the name of the podcast? Wrestling with the week. Wrestling. So with basically the week. I like whatever's that. going on that week, man, we're going to, we're going to get together and we're going to talk about it. Why well, you have a segment called the sky's the limit, put yourself over. Cause you're the wrestler. He's the other, you know, you got to put yourself over. Oh, Tommy, I'm going to use the whole show to put myself over. <laughs> you know, <come> Speaking <laughs> of getting over, cause you know, I have no likes or redeeming qualities outside of professional wrestling. Cause that's how my whole life is. Um, I, I want to just segue for half a second about wrestling. Uh, we're, we're talking about AEW, you know, last night, Tony Khan busted the, the, the busted open party and he was a surprise guest. Uh, we were talking about Monday night raw things that they need to be changed. But the, my biggest part uh, of the beauty about AEW is the honesty the honesty you have from ownership as well as for fans. Like I look at you, you were, you were this breakout star and I was like, God damn it, man. I'm so happy for Scorpio sky. Cause I I've known you for a long time, but I I've, I heard your name before I didn't know. It. And you were a guy who was on the Indies for so, so long. And you get this break. You didn't change. You were the exact same talent, this amazing in-ring performer. You are about to enter this, uh, I feel next level of your career. And then you have a setback, which you become honest about and say, Hey, you were exposed to COVID. You don't want to expose your coworkers. That honesty is what has been missing in professional wrestling. And the fact that you took it to social media and you felt that you had to be that open to the public and to the world is why number one, I think you're successful, but also how your podcast will be successful because you opened up you could have just said hey I, i'm old school oh i slipped in the shower i sprained my ankle or i got jumped in the parking lot no you were open you were honest and if you have that open honesty and integrity your podcast would do very very well but like what made you kind of like go that route uh you know, it's a worldwide pandemic, man. Like this has been an incredibly hard year for everyone involved. I mean, uh, so many people have lost family members, they've lost friends, or they've just known people that have gotten sick. I know people that, you know, are still having symptoms months after they've gotten past the disease. And I think it comes from up top. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of it just passes down you know we've all been very honest and forthcoming about things and you know i didn't want to go the route of like i slept in the shower i pulled a hammy you know that sort of thing i wanted to be honest and because i know there might have been four or five fans out there looking forward to my match that night so i wanted to explain to them why i wasn't going to be on that show and the first thing i wanted to do though was behind the scenes was make sure that i was healthy 
And so I, I immediately went to the medical staff here at AEW. I got myself tested. And then I went outside of our, our bubble to another place and got myself tested again. And I reached out to the person that I had contact with and made sure they were tested. And I wanted to make sure that everything was on the ups before I even came back to work. And I think that's what we need. We all need to be honest. We all need to take this thing serious or we're never going to get past it. A hundred percent agree. And I, I think uh, that honesty is why I, I feel AEW is so successful. Uh, right now you have that stranglehold on that very uh, prestigious demographic of the 18 to 49 year old. That's, that's the biggest demographic when it comes to music, TV, movies, and AEW has that demographic. Why do you think you've been so successful with the younger wrestling fan? I think the business has been changing over the years. And, you know, if you go back to even pre-AEW, if you go back to All In and the phenomenon that that was and how nobody thought it was possible uh, and how it spanned or, or it spawned off of a, a YouTube show, it kind of shows what the world is now. It's progressed. It's not like it used to be. And I think the fact that AEW is so open, they're willing to take chances. They're willing to bring out an Orange Cassidy who you you've never seen really a character like Orange Cassidy on television before. Uh, you know, the fact that they're going to bring out like Sonny Kiss and so many different characters and so many different people. I don't even want to call them all characters, you know, that they're, they're just different people and, and it's going to reach out to, to, uh, to demographics that the wrestling business hasn't reached out to before. A lot of times wrestling tends to be very, very behind in the times and they're always having to try to play catch up with things. And fortunately with AEW, they've tried to get ahead of the curve and they've tried to appeal to everyone. You know, the, the phrase when we first opened was AEW is for everyone. And, you know, I, I truly believe that they've fulfilled that promise and continue to do it. And it shows people are watching, people are enjoying the product and the fan base is growing. Um, all in, you talked about all in and you talked about that show and how important that show was to the world of pro wrestling. I was there in attendance and, you know, I get goosebumps when I think about it because, you just said it. You never thought you'd be able to get a show like that outside the WWE, and there you have a sold-out arena. Talk about that time between All In and the debut of AEW Dynamite in October 2019. It's almost like, you know, that best-kept secret. Like, what's go like us as fans, we just didn't know. We knew something big was happening, but we weren't exactly sure what it was going to be. You know, talk about that time and the, the anticipation before the debut of AEW Dynamite? All into this day was a really special event for me. It was the first time I got the opportunity to wrestle in front of a big crowd on a big pay-per-view in a, a high-profile, like, important match. And we heard the rumblings, you know, at that time of what would become AEW, but you know, you don't believe everything you hear. You, you, you like you hear always, oh, this guy's going to come into the business. He's going to start a new company. He's going to change things. Like I heard that a million times over the years and I just never really believed it. But as you know, we got closer and closer and things, you know, all the 
T's started getting crossed and the I's started getting dotted, you started thinking, okay, this, this is real. And when it came down to the end of the year and I had this, this choice, it was like I had an offer from Ring of Honor on the table and an offer from AEW on the table. Like I didn't even think twice. Like I, for one, the Young Bucks were going one direction, which I, they're, they're some of my best friends. I trust them with my life. Uh, I'm, I'm going to follow them to the end of the world. And, um, you know, just the opportunity to be on the ground floor of a company that was launching from scratch at the, at the, the level that it ended up launching. I mean, I, to me, I think it's never happened before for a company from scratch to open at that type yes. of level. And so to be on the ground floor of that and make history was unbelievable. Myself, I never had the pleasure of working for WWE, but getting the opportunity to, you know, before the pandemic, obviously travel from town to town every single week, doing big five, 10,000 seat arenas on television, live, it's been a dream come true. It's what I've always wanted to do since I was five years old. And, uh, you know, I just, I thank God that AEW did come around. I'm hoping that we can get through this pandemic and get our fans back because they are so, they, they are, they are so dearly missed because they were a huge, huge part of the success of AEW is the passion that our fan base has. And we do miss that. It shows, for anyone listening, we miss you guys so much. We can't wait to have you back. So, Rob, how many years were you working before AEW? Uh, probably a good 15 years. That's what I Something thought. Something like that. I was going to definitely say 10. Uh, I get asked this all the time, and I'm sure you do too, where like, hey, how do I break in? How could I do it? And I was like, it's very, very hard during the coronavirus right now because, you know, you want to get your name out there in that long journey that you had, because you knew you were very, very good in the ring. And uh, was there a point where you were going to quit and not wrestle? I was going to quit a million times. <laughs> you know, I, I had issues in and outside of the uh, business, uh, especially say my last five or six years before AEW came along. Uh, my, my mother was very, very sick. Uh, dealing with cancer and lupus and a lot of things like that. And I was helped. I was basically just taking care of her in my, you know, so I would work a job, you know, eight to five in the afternoon. I take care of her at night. I go to the gym, I go wrestling at times and then I'd wrestle on weekends. So I had a pretty full schedule and um, you know, I had a lot of setbacks in 2009. Uh, I had, I, I crushed two discs in my back. I had to stop wrestling for about a year. Um, I had a you know stupid moment in 2011, 2012, where I, I said some stuff on Twitter I shouldn't have said that really set me back for several years, and um, I just had dried up opportunities. You know, I took my shot at uh, Impact in around you know 2012, 2013. I thought I did pretty well there, but I didn't really get called back. Uh, I never really got a chance to do any tryout matches or wrestle at uh, WWE, you know, and they never really, I, you know, I kind of always felt like a ghost whenever I was a, um, an extra there because I, they never really even gave me much of a, a look or any, I, I just didn't stand out to them, I'm guessing. Um, so, you know, opportunities just really were drying up until fortunately I got the chance to wrestle with Ring of Honor and they liked me. And then I, I was invited back and eventually started working with them full time and Ring of Honor led to AEW. But to answer your question again, you know, I, I nearly quitted 
or quitted. I nearly quit so many times. I remember thinking back at one point and, and asking like, like, am I actually good or, or do people just like me? <laughs> you know, because like everybody says I'm good. Everyone says that I'm good enough, but the people making the decisions never feel that way. So like, is everyone just, does everyone just like me and they're telling me I'm good, but I'm not actually good. <laughs> you know, I had to be honest with myself and, and, you know, actually I will tell you this at one point I was working my day job. Um, things were going pretty well there. And uh, this was after my mom had passed away and everything. And I just thought to myself, I said, maybe wrestling's not for me. I'll do it for a couple more months and then I'll quit. And I'll just dedicate myself to my, to my, you know, my professional life. And then, you know, maybe a month or two later, I went to work one day and after uh, eight or nine, 10 years with the company, they said I didn't have a job anymore. And uh, it was out of the blue. It just caught me off guard. And, and it took a couple hours. And I really sat and I thought, what am I going to do? And I said, I'm going to take one last shot at pro wrestling. I'm going to go 100%. Um, and either I'm going to make it or I'm not. And uh, fortunately, I did. Well, you did because you're talented. And I ain't saying it because I like you. I'm just telling you. I, we all knew you were always talented. And this whole show, we've been talking about turning negatives into positives. And your perseverance and all the negatives that you've gone through have turned you into a positive. And it's a positive that we get to see. And I know you're a positive in the locker room. You always have been, but we're just uh, kind of in the theme of the show. And when I heard you were coming on, I just was like, I, I didn't know all the story, but I'm happy your talents get to shine every Wednesday night uh, that they do. And I look forward to seeing you wrestle 2021 and beyond because I always say talent will always shine. And you're one of those people that always shine. Thank you so much, Tommy. Well, you are really good. I don't know you as a person. I, I, you know, I've only met you a couple of times and you know, all I know is from what I see in the ring. So I can tell you right now, you're great at what you do. So you are a nice guy and you're awesome as a professional wrestler. And that's why we're so happy for your success and the success of AEW. Because like you just said, a company that just starts out and having this kind of success, you know, the one thing and, 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 and you know this, the pro wrestling community is so divided now because of social media. You know, there, there's the people who just love everything and there's people who just love to hate everything in pro wrestling. But So in this day and age, to be able to have the success with a new company like AEW is having, it has to do with the amount of talent that is on this show. Um, you know, Tony Khan, who uh, I think is doing a tremendous job as well. I mean, it, it really does seem like the perfect environment to perform and be creative in. Yeah, and it's also, it, it comes from a need. I think the fans needed something else, you know. Um, they got tired of what they were being given on the other show. And I don't, I'm not here to knock the other show. I like the other show. Um, you know, not a lot, not a lot of guys on my side will tell you that I have a lot of friends that work there and I wish them nothing but success. And, and I, and I want them to do well. And then I want us to do well because I think the entire business will be better. Like I, when I was getting into wrestling, you know, this is 2002, 2003, everything, it was closing up, you know, uh, ECW was gone. WCW was gone everything was closing. So, I mean, I got in at a really, really terrible time. <laughs> and, and for the guys that are 
either fresh in the business now or getting in the business. Obviously, it's hard during the pandemic, but for the guys that are going to get into the business in the next two, three, four, five years, I mean, I think, you know, hopefully it will be a healthy business to get into. You'll have WWE, AEW, New Japan, uh, Impact, ROH. There will be places to go because trust me, when I got in, you know, at a guy, you know, five foot 10, 170 pounds, ain't nobody was looking at me, you know, there was no interest in me at all. So, uh, you know, that was in the, you got to be six, six, two, two sixty at times. So it was really tough. And I think the business needed something fresh. It needed something new and the fans knew it. And that is a huge part of AEW's success. Tommy, and I got to be honest, I'm into this show as well. You know, Wrestling with the Week, it's starting January 18th, 2021. Tommy, I got to be honest, not to promote myself, but I think I would be a phenomenal guest on the show. I mean, I just got my new sneakers at Walmart, 1999, so I know how to go high when it comes to the foot gear. And also tell James that I still have the high score at Raleigh's Pizzeria for Asteroids. So I could talk about gaming as well. So if you want to talk sneakers and you want to talk gaming, I'm all in. I would love to have you on the show so I can judge those sneakers from Walmart. Nothing against Walmart sneakers, man. If you can afford, if that's all you can afford, man, rock them. I used to do it myself. Yes, sir. I have a feeling you can do better, though. Well, I mean, I, it's not that I can't afford more expensive sneakers. I just like the sneakers, you know, nothing like that basic baby blue sneaker. You know what I mean? Nothing like right. it. foam soles. It's very, very comfortable to the heels. And again, Asteroids is a very, very difficult video game to play. And the fact that Raleigh's Pizzeria still has it since 1982 tells you that I may can maintain that high score for years to come. Maybe you want to pass on the LaGreca. You want to pass on the LaGreca Dreamer because I just talk about wrestling. When I purchase (laughs) sneakers, all I want to do is that they have a nice gel foam on the bottom because when Mm -hmm. you reach my age and wrestling all these years, all you want to do is comfort. I would literally walk around with paper bags on my feet if they made my feet feel good. (laughs) That's completely understandable. That that is fine. I mean, after all the years you put in, you deserve it. And you know what? We agree. And we could talk Star Wars, our, our non-belief in Star Wars. I mean, you would admit that Cody's obsessed with Star It's un, It's an unhealthy obsession with Star Wars, correct? I, I Cody, for sure. I know a lot of people that are obsessed with Star Wars. And, you know, speaking of guests, honestly, that is one of the things we are going to do. We're going to have some really interesting guests between – Myself, James, and obviously our connections with Rooster Teeth and AEW, we mm-hmm. do have a pretty far reach. And I've got some guests in mind that people aren't going to expect. And I'm really, really excited to have them on. And, uh, you know, I've got some good friends as well that I can ha- come on. I'd love to come on and tell some fun stories. Uh, you know, Tommy, I'd love to have you on at some point. I can tell the story of me being a huge mark uh, when the ECW came to uh, <laughs> to L.A., and I remember, I you know, there's always the fans that go to the hotels and they're like, you know, young kids and they wait for the wrestlers to get the autographs and pictures. And I was one of those guys at 16 and I saw Tommy Dreamer coming from his hotel. He was on his way to uh, to he was having a ladder match with just incredible that night for the ECW World Championship. And I'm like, I'm so embarrassed about it now. But I look back and at the time I was like, I got his autograph and I'm like, I hope you win because I wanted him to win so bad, like so bad. And I remember you saying, 
I hope I don't get hurt. <laughs> and I was just like, that's such a wrestler answer. Like, I get it now. Back that's then, awesome. Though, and then there was a riot that broke out at that lovely show. So it took time away from my match, stupid riot. But at least we beat people up. <laughs> yeah, stupid, stupid XPW guys. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you can see Scorpio Sky on AEW Dynamite tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern time on TNT. And, of course, the Wrestling with the Week podcast where he's going to talk about everything that's happening on in pop culture Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate the time. We can't wait to see you in the ring and to listen to you on your podcast. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I hope you guys are good. Stay safe. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 